Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the hopefully open minded musings of two mid 40s curmudgeons valiantly staring down the oncoming rush of their entertainment irrelevance. You are listening to the smooth sounds of my voice. I am Noah Tarno. We're, we're, we're embracing the 70s AM radio adult contemporary format. I just I love the term Hello. smooth sounds. It'll never smooth not sound. land with me. Trivia fact about um, the adult contemporary radio format. I used to be acquainted with a young lady whose father had worked in radio for years. He invented, he's credited with inventing, coining the term adult contemporary. And for most of his young adult life, as he was coming up in radio, his roommate was Rush Limbaugh. Wow. So who was, you know, who was uh, working in radio. So the guy who invented adult contemporary and Rush Limbaugh, when they were coming up in radio, were roommates. There's your completely useless trivia fact of the day. Uh, I am Noah Tarno. I'm a founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Virtual, virtual, virtual is all we're about these days. Thank heavens. And uh, joining me, next to me metaphorically, is... My name is Bill Scurry. I'm host of the Trivia Speculum. Not really Jeez, a spectacular. Stop, no, stop. I, stop. stop. I, <laughs> it sounds like we were talking about before the mics went hot. I am the uh, founder and proprietor of American Caesar Enterprises. I'm not really sure what that is, but I do work on video. I do a lot of podcasting. I talk about film, write about film, etc., etc. And I'm in Amsterdam, the United Netherlands Kingdom. Is that really what it's called? No, I have no no. It's it's just called the Netherlands. But you guys, you still have a queen, right? No, it's a king. His name is Willem Alexander. Uh, it's funny you should mention that because last week was a holiday here called uh, Koningsdag, which literally means King's Day. And depending on who the current regent is, it was a Koninginsdag, which is the um, uh, queen. Or right now we have a king. It's the the, the last queen abdicated because she was. Um, well, she was getting long in the tooth. She's still old, but I think she figured that, much like the Pope, you can give the job to the younger generation because it's more relevant. There's not shame in abdicating your, your regency. So and this king now is her son? Is that Yes, it? yes. He's I want to say he's about 54 years old. He's not that old. He He's not exactly like a dashing young Obama type, but he's, you know, a handsome-looking enough uh, Dutchman. His wife is the Spaniard named uh, uh, Mashima, Maxima, as, as, as they would say in, in English, but her name is Mashima. And I think they have two or three daughters, and they're very humble royal people. So the thing yeah. is, last Saturday here uh, was supposed I'm looking, to be— I'm looking him up. Yeah. Uh, he is 53. 53, yeah. So it's supposed to be King's Day, and uh, because of everything going crazy— the Dutch can't hit the streets. They just can't do it. You know, our American-type holidays, I'm starting to track now what the Dutch equivalents of those things are. So, for instance, King's Day is 4th of July and Memorial Day and all those things jammed into one. It's the most important day on the Dutch calendar. And everybody had it robbed for them for, like, the first time since wartime. You know, this is just the vagaries of living inside a post-apocalyptic hellscape right. of uh, viral contagion. Uh, his wife's rather attractive. She's not Spanish. She's Argentine. Argentine. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, see, you didn't think you'd be learning about the uh, the Dutch royal family on this podcast. 
Yeah, but it's, there you go. It's a, it's a world of trivial factoids and delights. Come back next week so, to the House of Orange cast, where we will continue yes. going through the lineage, going back you, to the first villain. You know Aranya. it's out there. You know it's out there. It's probably out there somewhere. Yes. Uh, I still remember about, God, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, where I did a quiz uh, about Jewish foods and, uh, you know, at a quiz show, a live quiz show. And I was telling my mother about it and like something about a picture of matzah brai. Those of you who don't know, matzah brai is like fr- matzah fried with eggs. It's people eat it for breakfast during Passover where they have to eat matzah. And my mother, God bless her, said, where did you get a picture of matzah, of matzah brai? And I'm like, where did I get a picture of matzah brai on the internet? And she said, there's a picture of matzah brai on the internet? And I said, mom, there's probably a picture of someone having sex with matzah brai. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you use too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah picture of me having sex in my surprise. Um Okay, so what we don't usually talk about European royal families or Matsubara on this podcast. We usually talk about something that is um, fad, uh, maybe young people especially are into, and we try to make sense of it. Usually we sample it, uh, try to make sense of it and talk about it. And maybe we say we don't get it. Maybe we say we do get it. And uh, today's topic, you know, since this mess has begun, I think every topic we've had has had some connection with the epidemic, the quarantine, coronavirus, all that. And today's topic, while not especially a, quote, young thing, is no less relevant. We're talking about the sudden explosion of the rising explosion. Oh, boy. Collar The bubble of explosion. Uh, There are a lot of puns around this topic. Have you noticed that? Uh, Yeah, that's easy to do, I guess. The puns are out of control with this. Anyway, sourdough bread baking. Sourdough bread, yes. A very popular uh, hobby in the quarantine epidemic. And uh, I believe this first got traction out here where I am. I am in the Bay Area of California. And some, I would say mysterious, but his name is out there. Some dude started um, taping to trees and poles little packets of sourdough starter. You need this fermented mixture of, um, I mean, we all know sourdough bread. We've all eaten it. You need this fermented mixture of flour and water, you know, yeast uh, drawn in from the air to start making sourdough bread. And some guy out here in the Bay Area was like taping little packets of that stuff to poles with signs. He's like, oh, this starter's name is Goldrick. And people were using it to make their own sourdough and bread. And that got a lot of stories. And apparently baking has had a big explosion in this um, quarantine as people are stuck at home looking for new hobbies, looking for new comforting hobbies. That's very important. And sourdough bread seems to be the most uh, fad-friendly one of these for reasons we'll get into. Uh, We all know sourdough bread. It's got that kind of yeasty, fermented taste that I pretty much enjoy. Like if sourdough is an option... I usually veer more towards that. And, you know, you'll go to a nice brunch place, get big crusty bread. But it takes a little more effort than regular baking. So I think that's part of its appeal right now. Now that not everyone, I don't have much time on my hands, but a lot of people do and they're stuck at home. So it's really the time to invest in hobbies that you usually don't feel like you have enough time or even attention for. I certainly didn't bake anything. My nephews are getting on me on that. They're like, Unky, you really, you really should bake something. But considering that I've barely ever baked anything in my life, although I did make cupcakes last week. For my niece's birthday. I made them from a mix, but I made cupcakes. So I'm proud of that. But I did not bake sourdough bread. I did not find sourdough starter, get it from a neighbor. That's what people are doing. They're like handing off mason jars or little packets of starters to their neighbors. You can make starter yourself from flour and water, but A, flour is selling out at supermarkets apparently because people are baking so much. 
And B, it takes a few days, at least. I think it takes at least three days to make your own starter from scratch. Uh, and, you know, people are naming their starter, almost treating it like a pet, which Jesus is hilarious. Christ, well, it's so I, fucking stupid. Anyway. Ah, come on. Of all the stupid shit people are doing now, are you going to get on them for that? We are at a point where you could do whatever the fuck stupid thing you please. If it doesn't harm me, I mean, we should have been at that point for decades now. But fucking crybaby Americans can't handle anything making them slightly uncomfortable. There's still morons out there complaining that they can't say the N-word, as if that matters at all. But, you know, Americans can't handle that because they just poop their pampers at the slightest sign of, uh, of adversity. I'm not prepared today. I read a bunch of articles. I got my opinions. I've eaten sourdough bread. But, Bill, what, what do you think of this phenomenon? Short of mocking people for treating their starter like <laughs> pets... What do you think and what important insight insight and context have I left out in my introduction? Uh, no, you've hit the... Everybody understands what sourdough bread is. In some yes. ways, look, first of all, I love sourdough bread. It's, it's great. It's really good. And the, you the, get some nice crusty bread. Those, put some good butter on it. It's delicious. Snyder's of Hanover, sourdough pretzels. Those things are awesome. Yes, yeah, this is They're, just they about... Always, no, they always taste stale to me. They always taste like they've been sitting like underneath a car seat for six months. Well, I mean, that's just usually how they're served. I mean, you know, you can opt to not do that if you're so inclined. I I do not like uh, Snyder's, but... But either way, I think sourdough to me is the king of all breads. Not that I I don't want to pull away from your your seven grains. I don't want to pull away from your spelts, your your, your rise, all those things. But sourdough is the king as far as I'm concerned. But I don't really necessarily think we're... We're not talking about the bread itself. Everybody knows... Maybe I talked to one guy in my life who doesn't like sourdough bread, and I don't know what his problem is, but for the most part, everyone digs it. Maybe it's not their favorite, but it is. I think it's goddamn just the Cadillac of breads. The phenomenon of people baking it, you know, that that to me falls into a couple of different categories. Even if we weren't in the middle of a, of a gigantic uh, life-searing hellscape on planet Earth right now, I have a feeling this kind of thing would have happened in one respect or another, or had already been, you know, in some small subculture already happening. It's just that while everybody is looking at social media and trading ideas with each other, this thing gets a little traction that it might not have had before. So no, I too know it did not bake. And I have probably never baked anything in my entire life. I I may have said this on the show before, but I find cooking, preparing food is an anathema to me. I get food from places where people make it, where people enjoy making it. I eat other people's food that they have, they take pleasure and pride in cooking and presenting it to me. But I myself have done the calculus and I always found like the effort and time and stamina and all the costs that sunk into making food, great food, whatever, it's never worth it because food is yeah. gone almost immediately. I, I yeah, but, but you and I have that in common. It's you understand for other people. It's for the. It's about the process. Oh yeah, yeah, and I I get no joy whatsoever from the process. This is like in a way I know that people who like to gamble, people who like craps and poker and roulette, they enjoy losing money. I say no, I, I don't like. <laughs> really, they do. Well, because that's the thrill. You're gambling with wow. each hand, and you're getting. They a, like the possibility of losing money, but you are losing. They hate actually losing. Right, it. but you are losing money. Like they hate losing it, and it's the chance that you might win, but you won't win because the yes. odds are stacked against you. And it's like, meanwhile, I just look at oh, it. Oh no! If you quit at the right time, you win. Okay, but it's like, how often does that happen? Ninety percent of the time. Well, you because lose. they're addicts, because it's irrational. But that's my point. This they don't right. like it. They're just they're they can't. They can't stop themselves from doing it. I think of it like the same way that all I do is see this. I see the part of it that is like, no, who wants to sit in front of Greenfelt with guys with Coke spoon fingernails smoking cigarettes 
losing money. I don't want that. I don't get any any endorphin from it. I don't get any blast of anything. And I think the same way about cooking. Man, I love some of the food that my family has made me, that my friends have made me, that I get in restaurants. It's great. I love food. I love eating. I just do not want to have anything to do with the preparation of it myself. Baking in particular is one of those things that looks really time consuming. It looks really messy. It looks really complicated. And it looks like it requires rule following all that stuff is it, that any if i would do something i think the fact that it's so regimented you have to do it correctly within these standards to get it right always looks like a real bummer to me so baking in particular uh, you know amongst all the other forms of cooking fills me with a certain amount of antipathy anyway however like i said i love this bread so i'm judging people i mean i'm not judging them i get why they do it why are people taking this up now? And I think, like you said, it's a comforting activity. I mean, people yeah. bake People bake anyway. Like, if they're going through something bad, if they're going through a rough time, you know, there's there's the idea of, like, comfort baking and anxiety. And I found yeah. a bunch of, I've had a bunch of articles. Like, I Googled anxiety baking thinking I would get something from now. And it's like, no, I've been pulling up. They're, they're, people have been writing about this since forever. People have been yeah. getting through a rough spot by making cupcakes or, or brownies or doing something weird. I mean, I consider weird. I'm saying that's how they're working off their yen. Sourdough in particular, and I didn't know anything about this before I started doing the research, other than the fact that I really love the shit out of this bread. I didn't realize there was this living gelatinous goop that you need as a yeah. basis. And now there's yeah. this sort of cult, this cargo cult around it where people are naming it. <laughs> and they're, they're starting off with a hundred, like some people have a hundred year old starter that they've yeah. kept. Apparently, the one yeah. at, the one at Baltazar in New York is like thirty eight years old. It's the same one yeah. they've been making sourdoughs. Yeah. Basically, what happens is some some guy or woman once upon a time mixed, you know, let it sit. It fermented the flour and water, and it attracted the yeast from the air. And specifically, by the way, for sourdough, it has lactobacilli yeah. culture, which lacto milk is it the sour thing. And basically, when you make your starter, you need some from another starter someone gives you it like the goldrick here in san francisco and then you add more fly and you have to feed it every few days and you develop it develops a personality and how much you feed it and how little you feed it and how often you feed it and it affects the taste i'm sure there's a lot of bullshit to that it's like wine connoisseurship in many ways uh yes i th yes there's definitely uh, a little bit of that thing too which is like the whole sensory ex or what people impute upon it that you know no one else would possibly understand i'm, I'm with you there that's you're leading me to my point is that um the idea that there is something living at the center of this it's not just baking it's like congratulations you got a gooey tamagotchi or, you know, it's a cat or it's a baby. It's something that you need to maintain. And you, you start to, um, T.S. Eliot called it the pathetic fallacy. You know, you start to add this life to it. You give it a name. You give it a personality. It's not just this goop filled with bacteria that's warm yeah. and make, makes bubbles. All of a sudden, you've, you've you know, you've um, personified it. You know, you've, Well, uh, what's wrong with that? No, I... Like people, people personify stuffed animals all the time. Well, I mean, I understand that. It, I, and I kind of went back to that, too, because I was thinking that, well, what gives you a sense of control is like having a dog or a cat or a baby maybe or the very first thing was in fact a stuffed animal a teddy bear which is what i had yeah. and i like without even realizing and it took my wife telling me you know years and years into our relationship what the job of a teddy bear is it's that first hierarchical like relationship that you set up where you're a parent as a yeah. small child and it's like you're yep. mimic you're mimicking that thing and it's like there's some palliative effect to that and, totally. Well, yeah, I know I, it sounds obvious, but I never really thought about it before. You, you know, granted, I'm sure people have dogs and cats and blah, blah, blah. But it's like coming up with this other thing, a little gooey Tamagotchi. You get to husband this little life form into health. This is a little more Baroque than just baking 
a rye bread because you right, have this right. this other and then you know like like you said there's almost like a hoary little handshake secret code between people who get to exchange the basis of it uh you know this little life form that sit this sits at the center of it imputes this kind of preciousness to it where it's not just bread you need to breathe life into it like um you know the the roof of the Sistine Chapel, the painting of, of <laughs> God and man, that kind of thing. I don't. I don't. Know. Is there is is there anything to what I'm saying, Noah? The baking anxiety thing is kind of old. Uh, I think it has exploded with social media. You know, you could show it off, and also baking is comforting. Baked goods are comforting. You know, not just the sweets, but there's something very comforting about uh, carbs, right? You know, it's filling. It's almost everyone likes it. And there's also something very classic. I, I thought one of the things I thought about is um, I've been quarantining with my sister and her kids and, and my nephews and my niece are really into musical theater. And my nephews just walk around the house singing musical theater songs all the time. And, and one of the songs they sing a lot is uh, one of the musicals they sing from a lot is Into the Woods because they starred in a youth production of that a few years ago. And I like Into the Woods. And my nephew Jack played the main character in Into the Woods, which is the baker. And I always thought it was interesting how it's a baker. You know, the baker just sounds like a classic occupation right yeah folk folk, um, folk tale or a, like a, right, a country right. town village somewhere right in the Alps exactly whatever. i mean i guess you could say blacksmith but baker is something we still all have a lot so uh i think it's really you know there's something very comforting and in in worried times you know turning to baked goods and the act of making baked goods i see how even though that doesn't appeal to me the act of it is very therapeutic and especially now that we're stuck in home something that takes a process it is meditative in a way let me quote um an article from eater about this phenomenon they actually quote a columbia university psychiatry professor and uh secretary of the american Psychi psychiatric association philip muskin will quote baking is mindful Mindfulness means paying attention to yourself in the moment and not being in the past or the future, but really being there. It can have an emotional impact akin to practices that are intended to more directly affect moods, such as meditation or breathing exercises. And that makes sense to me, but of course, it's a little less woo-woo than meditating. And the outcome is you get fucking, you know, bread. Yeah. And as I said, that's very comforting. So, um, and also if people are bored, you know, it's it's a new hobby. It's a new craft. And that could be both satisfying and, you know, pleasantly distracting. There's a new trend on the rise, anxiety baking, which is often followed by a more dangerous little brother, bipolar deep fat frying. <laughs> Noah, can you uh, pin down why sourdough bread and a goopy gelatinous life form are popular right now? Baked goods are comforting. The act of baking, while not comforting for me, I understand why it's comforting for other people. People do have time on their hands. Uh, we are living even more so than we were a year, two years ago in the space of social media and performative uh, photo sharing and all that. And baked goods are good for that. And the sourdough, why sourdough and not, you know, red velvet cake or whatever, is because it does take this extra step of the quote-unquote goopy Tamagotchi. You know, it has that more involved thing. And, you know, maybe a little obnoxious thing about it is you, oh, you got to take care of the starter and feed the starter and make sure the starter is 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 alive and test out the different levels of how, how much yeast is in it and how much, how often you feed it and all that. So it does become a little you know, like show-offy, performative, I do this better than you, I experiment better than you. So I think it makes it both more satisfying and more brag-worthy. It 
displays facility was something a little arcane that you do have to ace the chemical process. You got to manage the damn thing. So you get to say that I am in this club, this elite club of goop maintainers, that I am keeping this little sour pudding uh, at room temperature, make, keeping it bubbling is like, you know, that's some real sign of accomplishment. And it's like, look, I don't know how hard that is. I'll, I'll fully give someone credit for being able to do that because I, I'm sure I'd get bored with it and throw the goddamn thing out. I'd dump it in the toilet, flush it away. <laughs> the I, toilet, not even the sink. The, that's no. how much you would scorn it. You would I, dump it I in would, the just, just to And then you it. would literally shit on it. I, 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 would name, I would name my goop, I would call it Ryan, and I would laugh at it as it swirled clockwise and went down to its watery Why? Cold. Why Ryan? If it were rye bread, it should be Ryan. I, I don't know. Ryan, because well, it's Ryan's world, that's why. Oh, Ryan's world. <laughs> so, so you're going to call it Jimmy Balance. essentially but though it's a craft it makes you feel accomplished in a way i'm kind of diminishing the fact that you actually get the end result like you said there's a result from your toil which i happen to believe tastes great but in a, in a way i think that's like running that's a co-result neck and neck with the process although i i do have a friend who who lives up uh, uh in spanish harlem or whatever we're calling it these days and she's she's a baker she's she's a, a tremendous cook my friend angela and at the beginning of all this, I see she was in hyper baking mode and she was anxiety baking and that she was putting a picture. She had like seven loaves of sour. She was making sourdough without an exit strategy of what to do with it. She kind of likes to eat it, but she's really in shape. So she doesn't need a shitload of bread, but she was making it because it was something for her to do and take her hands off it. So she was dropping bread off at people's doorsteps in a plastic bag, backing away, letting them come out. That's the, you know, I mean, that's the anxiety part. That's not so much the, um, the performative aspect. There are worse things that are popular for sure, and you can do worse things for yourself than, than make bread, delightful bread that other people um, enjoy eating at the moment. Now for day one, you're gonna start with 100 grams of stone ground rye flour. I was using Bob's Red Mill dark rye. To that, you're gonna add 150 grams of lukewarm water at about 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Once you've done that, you're just gonna vigorously stir that mixture together with your spatula. This is one of our topics that really isn't so much young people. I would imagine the sweet spot of uh, sourdough, the sour spot of sourdough bread bakers is not far from our actual age, but who knows? So, but, you know, just for the hell of it, if you were a younger man, would this have any more appeal to you than it does as an old, crusty, mind-addled old man that you are now at your highly advanced age of 43 and three, 40, how old are we? 44 and three quarters. I, the bread, yes, all on the bread. The cooking, no. Um, and I, I remember when I was younger thinking that this is probably collegiate age or post-collegiate in the late 90s because my, my ex who my ex did enjoy cooking and there were a couple of staples. Most of the things that she concentrated on cooking were heavy starch-related comfort foods. Not that she loved cooking, but I think that there were a few things she thought she could do well. And they did. When she made them for me, I saw that she took a lot of care in having them, you know, making them. And she wasn't adventurous. She wasn't making her own sushi or something like that. She was making things that had a relatively low curve, you know, of, of difficulty. I thought there was this idea that, oh, this is what people are supposed to do. People are supposed to enjoy cooking. This is before I was able to figure shit out for myself. My opinion should be based on what it looks like other people do. And I think I should find the same joy in these things. You know, I gave cooking a shot through my early 20s here and there. And I made things reliably that I, you know, I knew how to make. It took me a while to realize I don't enjoy this at all. You know, this, 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 is, this is a gigantic waste of time when I could just get food from somewhere else or eat something cold out of a package, you know, something pre-made and or unformed. 
Luckily, I stumbled upon that right away, and I did not try to fool myself into thinking that I was going to enjoy cooking, and I was, I should cook more, and I should make more, you know, I should make mint ravioli or some some bullshit. It's like, nope, didn't want to do any of that, didn't fuck around with it, and I was and I was. I glad. hate cooking. I've tried it so many times, and I've always said to myself, if, if in the unlikely scenario I'm ever to become a father, I, w- I would commit myself while the baby's in utero to learn to cook. Because, I, look, at this point, I eat what I like. I do what I do in the kitchen. No one answers to me but me and a cat. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's fine. That works for me. But if another human being had to rely on my kitchen skills, I recognize they're inadequate. Again, like you, it doesn't thrill me. Now, but the sourdough thing, I don't think this would ever appeal to me because, I, I, again, I see why people like the, oh, you got to raise it, name it, feed it, and all that nonsense. Make sure, make that, sure it goes but... to the right uh, Hebrew school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> pick the right after school programs for your sourdough starter. But, um, you know, I love having a pet and I love caring for my pet. And I actually get something gratifying out of the times my pet, like I brush my cat's teeth every night and I actually enjoy it because the care, yeah, the caring, well, we got a system going. She's all right with it. And the caring, the process of caring for this living creature, I find very gratifying. Now it's because this animal loves me back right? Yes. Sourdough starter does not. So I see, (laughs) and it's the same reason I kill plants. Like I don't see the, I see the appeal of plants because they're pretty, right? I just don't trust me with a fucking plant because I'm not going, I'm going to forget to feed it. It's just an object. Yeah. yeah, I get no pleasure out of feeding it. I get pleasure out of feeding a cat. And I'm sure if I had a child, I would take pleasure in caring for my child. Why? Like if you're going to care for something, care for something that gives you feedback. I like caring for my business, right? Working my ass off and getting feedback from seeing people laugh and smile when they are at my events or write me notes of praise or send me money, you know, things like that. So I need more feedback from something to 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 care for it this is you know? a, this is a quasi abusive relationship you're describing with uh, starter i think it's it's just you know yeah it's you you know what you stayed with starter years a year longer than you should have because you just thought it was going to turn around any minute now like right. you're, you're gonna, gonna lo- get sweet but it just stayed sour just yeah you're gonna sour. you're gonna love it it's gonna love you back and it's like it's just all that time committed it's like you know you were spinning your wheels with sat with starter and ultimately it didn't come of anything and now, and now you're 44 and you have nothing to show for it the only time I ever feed my starter is when I run out of starter. Is sourdough starter at any way, shape, or form somehow having to do with the apocalypse? Uh, I know. I think this is a healthy, even though it's not for me, I think this is a healthy habit. You know, it, when you read about, oh, San Francisco and people naming their starters and putting ads and sharing them and all that, I mean, you can roll your eyes at the San Francisco-ness of it, but A, it's relatively harmless. B, I'm sure the media overblew it. And C, you know, now is not a good time to shit on San Francisco. We have like 35 dead people in the whole city Wow, from coronavirus. So, yeah. you know, shit on us all you want, but fuck you, man. We... We're, we're handling the shit probably better than you. I told you, I'm at a point, especially now, where you can be any kind of, look, even Ryan's World, Jimmy Fallon, as long as you're not killing me or hurting me, do whatever the goddamn fuck you please, right? Yeah. I mean, can we at least agree? This is these babies out here. You know, I've been saying it for years with gay marriage and all that. Like, why do you care? Like... <laughs> Live your goddamn life, man. God, people are such hypersensitive babies. No, the only way it's a sign of the apocalypse is if we're reduced to a point where the only way to get bread is to bake it at home. Like, yep, no more flour. We're done. 
flower's yeah. gone. It's been hoarded. I, yeah. I did see a headline that some like ancient like flower mill is reopened <laughs> because there's an increased demand for flour. Uh, I mean, that could be a good thing. You know, let's let's get back to let's get back to into the woods. Let's get back to the medieval village. I mean, I don't think we need, you know, Iron Maidens and implements of torture, but I think we need to get back to some especially if we're hopping in a world where so much interaction is going to be virtual. We need more and more things that are about using our hands and and being in touch with the world. I mean, that too. We haven't brought that up. That is more and more human interaction and more and more business and life becomes remote and not face-to-face and not interpersonal and you can't touch another human being. That there's something about working with your hands and, and, and needing dough. Another pun I'm seeing a lot, like, do you need to do this? It's <laughs> yeah, terrible, Jesus. Uh, yeah, but that's... At, at, at yeast, some of us do. <laughs> but uh, that's actually a good point because, yeah, like, I, I will agree. This is, I mean, it's only a sign of the apocalypse and that we're talking about it during the apocalypse. But no, this is, this is, <laughs> it's a great thing. Something somebody said, which I always take for granted when I read something like this. You know, like, okay, people have been, ba- like old, you know, peasant ladies and babushkas have been baking bread forever. You know, before it was tr- trendy, people have been baking bread in home kilns for a long time. There's there's nothing trendy about bread. It's the, one of the ancient, most horrible foods aren't on kilns, planet Earth. Aren't kilns but, just for clay? Do you bake bread in a kiln? I don't know, maybe. What do I know? I'm not, I don't bake bread. You're asking the wrong guy here. It's a heat source. Either way, my point is, is that the exact thing you're talking about, how we are in a virtual slash service economy and, you know, a, a, you know, there's so much white collar work and blue collar work is more or less just transit of goods and things like that. Manufacturing is, is offshore elsewhere. Uh, when people who don't live in that world actually use their hands in some way to produce something and there is a result from your toil you're looking at the the component pieces of the of the water and the and the the flour and let's say the egg and the yeast and the milk or whatever it is you're using starts in these humble disconnected pieces and at the end you have something piping fresh and hot that looks like a form you've recognized that you by magic has come my wife has just recently taken up a garden here while we've been on quarantine Mm, and this is the first time she's pushing dirt around and she's tending to the legacy plants that were here. And this is really the first time she's done that. And so, like, there's this immense pride that comes from, I mean, we all understand where plants come from. But, you know, a lot of us don't ever have anything to do with it. I don't get any joy from it. But she is connecting the sense of my hands are covered in dirt. And there's yeah. this there's this resultant at the end, this thing that happens, which I myself made. And I did not understand that relationship to toil toil to outcome toil to actual material outcome until you started doing this and that's interesting because i you know i don't work with my hands i mean i make things virtually having a video or a podcast at the end of the day is not the same as having a piece of bread i mean i'm proud of what i make on some small scale but it's not the same as a tangible object in space which is what you can get out of this now which is definitely why it's not a sign of the apocalypse Oh, anytime we go out to dinner, we sit down, Esther reaching for the bread. (laughs) And I try to tell Esther, we we don't need that bread. Fuck you, I like bread. Bill, are you jealous at all of these people who get off of baking their bread or who are feeding their sourdough starter the right way and are performatively, you know, raising a family of starter? And I I mean, I guess you're a little jealous of people who have delicious, fresh, crusty bread filling their homes and the the scent of it. Your wife doesn't bake at all, does she? Not at all. She gets baked, but she does not bake. (laughs) 
Oh, that is true. You know what I'm jealous of? The, the, every time I do see a friend, if I'm, I'm in somebody's house and I'm watching them cooking, they're finishing up, you know, they invite us over and they're about to plate dinner and I see the tail end of what they're doing. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a, a little turn, a, a grace note, a little flourish. Something that they've done looks extremely complex, has got a, a lot of artifice in the food. And I'm, I'm always jealous of like, man, what's the difference between... Other than the fact that you get some enjoyment out of this, and I don't, there is still a competency thing. I'm watching an expert play small details. But other than that... The craft of cooking. Yeah, yeah, the craft of cooking. But other than that, no, I think maybe I'm more jealous of the fact that I'm not literally sitting in front of a piece of bread right now as I talk to you. I don't know if I'm jealous of people who have all this free time now because I, I thought I would when this started. And I did the first week or so of quarantine. I re- you know, I, I was playing a lot of streaming trivia online. I hadn't played that much trivia in years. And now I can't even, I barely have free time in myself. So I'm much happier this because I like working, you know. I don't have enough hobbies. So I was kind of looking forward to, oh, I'll finally like go back to reading books and watch all these movies. And I just, I don't have the headspace for that now or the time. So I guess I'm jealous of that. Uh, even though I can't cook and don't find cooking appealing, I've always been jealous of people who can because, you know, it's it's a talent. It's a I, I'm I'm cynical about chef worship, but I would never deny that chefs are talented and work hard. It's something you, you're providing sustenance to people. Yeah, it's something admirable. It's noble. About, it's a noble that. thing if you think about it. And right, especially with baking, where you're providing comfort to people. I mean, I guess it would be nice right now. They're just nothing makes someone happier than like a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie or something. Yeah, it's true. And how happy could I make people by doing that? Although I, I got other ways of making people happy. You know, we, we all got our thing, right? We wrap up with the Flonian scale. Jimmy Fallon is a piece of stepped on bread that is on the bottom of your shoe. Wasted potential, damaged, demeaned substance, no longer fit for consumption. So uh, where would you put the sourdough bread cult, Noah, on the scale of the Thelonian? It's pretty high up because it's harmless and actually doing something good for people so i don't know this is like around i mean just something else kind of inert but like kind of good well it's better well look it's better than poke it's better than acai bowls yeah uh it's better than fireball whiskey Oh, way better than fireball whiskey. <laughs> uh, yeah, in fact, you might want to eat a lot of this before you take sourdough whiskey just to soak up the alcohol. Sourdough whiskey. So much. Oh, by the way, I was joking with my nephews about this last night. They said, I wonder if anyone's ever tried to like make sourdough starter with urine. And we Googled it. And yep, people have. And there are even chefs right now who are pissing into their bread oh, to get it ferment so i ain't trying that that's that's lower it on the sounds scale. like what they dared there in the battle of leningrad to to survive the harsh russian winter that's yeah but they... these aren't people trying to survive this is these are people trying to be pretentious i think yeah no I, I think you're right they're trying to be arcane and pretentious but yeah i would i would this is easily the best food topic we've done just because you know again it's hard other, really? than, other than some keto freak who you know who's who's on a total anti-carb crusade or something like that and by the way those people are furious and angry because they're starving they may be happy with how how good their um, lats look but it's like if you're not eating carbs i think Uh you're missing part of the essential human experience it's like living your life without a smile for christ's sake 
Better. Oh, sorry. Food topic better than this is Impossible Burgers. That's a good one. I mean, this is even... Because that actually is like does a good service. Well, yeah. no, this does a good service, but like the environment thing. I mean, this is... So yes, I, is I give Impossible. And this is even more relatively simple. Like the, the Impossible Burger required thousands of man hours and laboratory and FDA approval and all these things. You know, th this is even simpler. This is this is like, a, you know, one of those platonic solids, the perfect shapes of the world. Something very simple about it. So yeah, I mean that this this could be the key and peel of food uh, of food topics. Like you said before, there's sort of a silver lining thing going on. If we're gonna count the small bits and pieces, this will be one of them for me along the way. Oh, is it that nice? After a week of you depressing me like crazy. <laughs> hey, don't don't read my text to you. That's your solution for this. Well, right. uh, I believe that takes us to the end of another episode. Uh, I can't believe we managed to do a whole one about bread. Not that I ever wonder, oh, Jesus, can we spin off uh, 40 minutes about bread? No problem, my friend. Anyone can talk about bread. Uh, a Ziploc bag filled with hot air. We could do it. You could look for those uh, 130 or so past episodes of ours on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, podcasts soundcloud podcasts podcast class google play stitcher tweet to us at no and bill show write to us no and bill don't get it at gmail.com give us a review on apple Podcasts. that's how people find the show i'm on twitter all the damn time at william scurry i'm on youtube my video content is youtube.com slash am caesar uh and noah take it away what about you buddy big quiz thing.com the uh, finest in trivia production and the absolute finest in virtual trivia events. We can't keep up, it's great, but there's always room for you. So uh, we're doing corporate events, team building, we're doing, uh, lately big thing has been uh, events for um, fancy uh, apartment buildings. You know, they're treating their residents to something while they're stuck in homes. So we're having building versus building, that's fun. Uh, I We just booked our first virtual bat mitzvah. That'll be nice, a lot of birthday parties, a lot of just fun friend gatherings. And um, go to bigquizthing.com, learn all about it, get a free consultation. And we're also on social media. And we are doing uh, quite a few events open to the public, mainly fundraisers. Uh, when you listen to this, we have um, on May 14th, we are teaming up once again with the Museum of Science in Boston for a science-themed quiz. I believe that's free to play. We have a politics-themed quiz to support uh, on May 18th to support two state-level candidates in Arizona. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we're posting these on our social media, so hit us up there. Uh, and, ooh, it's not officially announced yet, but we're doing a theater quiz uh, to raise money for uh, the Actors Fund in New York on Friday, May 22nd. Also, May 15th, we have coming up, I'm bouncing back here, a San Francisco-themed quiz in league with the San Francisco Historical Society. Learn more at bigquizzing.com and follow us on social media. Thank you. Well, everybody, go out and enjoy some bread. And we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.